In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. Three out of four ain't bad. Buck Cants is in this week for Mr. Thomas. Hello, Buck Buck. How are you, my friend? Good to see all you guys. All right. Did you make it here on time, Mr. Semi-Retired? <laughs> Not only did I... Ten-minute drive from like, your palatial uh, when home we, in when Vienna. We used to interview Richie Pettibone and, after he retired and say, what's up, Richie? What's going on? He said, it's the best thing in the world. He says... I don't have to be anywhere to go and don't have to be there till noon. That's, that's a great saying right there. John Gould of the Mid-Atlantic PGA uh, was out at the KPMG yep. LPGA Championship at Congressional. I cannot wait to hear your full report. John Rodas, good to see you today. Be here. And uh, let's get into it. There was a quote I once read, don't know who said it, that said, golf is a game that if you don't take it seriously – it's no fun. But if you do... <laughs> That's a great quote for will, someone like me. But it's, I'm not done, Buck. You're jumping the route. <laughs> golf, is a, golf is a game, if you don't take it seriously, it's no fun. If you do, it'll break your heart. About right. It's the exact conversation that? Buck and I just had. Okay, so, yeah. Lexi Thompson, poor girl, had her heart broken again, again on Sunday. I went and watched the uh, highlights, Mr. Goal, of that final round because I didn't get to see it live. I'd heard some of it on social media and read some of the accounts. The putt on 17. Mm. The missed short putt on 17. Well, there's the also short putt a was chip. 13. The short putt was Even 13. shorter one on 13. They didn't yeah. include in the highlight package because no. yeah, I mean, they, they want to be nice inches. to her. <laughs> oh, but no. There was a little chip, oh, no. chip. There was a little chip fest going on on 16, um, right? And right. on 16, yeah. there was a chip that I said, whoa. Two. Yeah, over, over oh. back. Yep. Oh, over back. Over and then back over. Oh, see, I didn't see that on the highlights. Yeah. They showed her first chip that was bad, and then they cut to her slap putting it up onto the green like I would have done right. as a weekend right. hacker. Which is what we're talking about. And then, but that was after it, a second no, missed chip? No, that was the second one, but she oh, knocked okay. like chipped 15 over. feet past. Got and then it. chipped to that putt part. So chip, chip, putt on? Chip, no. chip. Or just chip, no, just putt, chip on. putt on? Just okay. chip, putt on. Just chip, uh, putt on. Um, anyway, stuff was happening. Lexi has now finished, I think, top five in – 11 majors since winning her first major as a rookie when she was going to be a breakout star. And she is a star, okay? She's an outstanding player, a Solheim Cup member, wonderful person. But she has failed to get back to that spot she was when she was a rookie. She's had five seconds in majors in those 11 tries. And she has had at least three spectacular Sunday flameouts. It's tough. Game is tough, Mr. Ghoul. It is. And, and, and before we uh, pile on, we got to I'm not piling down. on. No, no. I said she's nice. No, no. I'm just saying that she was nine strokes down with 27 holes to play. That is true. Right? So she, she made a significant comeback. Now, now Inji Chun helped her by coming back a little right. bit. But, yeah, she had a two-stroke lead with four holes, three holes to play. Yeah. And it went by fast. You know, <laughs> it, it, it gets it was quick, quick, doesn't it? 
Uh, yeah, that, the and that's not counting in that in that scenario. The putt on uh, on thirteen, I guess. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see that. I'm I'm not into seeing necessarily highlights of golfers struggling or in their low moments. But as a golfer, I kind of do need to see it just for my own information. So I guess I need to hunt for more highlights other than just the official LPGA account that's on YouTube because they weren't going to show every low moment. Right. You know and Ronis, I mean? Ronis would have a better angle on this, but you know her full swing game was fine. She was hitting yeah. fairways and hitting greens. And it was the putting that was just atrocious. I would have had a great idea of it if I didn't turn on the TV at 2 o'clock on Sunday and the tournament was over. Well, that's something we'll no, talk about. What on earth was going on there? I'm like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be televised on. Ah, uh, it's over. Buck, did you see any of the uh, LPGA Fish championship? Fish you, you four. Know, Maybe it was 4 <clears> o'clock. <throat> well, still, 2-4. Right? But, yeah, okay. No, I, I, I was uh, ESPN3. I was watching Cornhole. And, uh, <laughs> you sexist pig. Yeah. Let me tell you something, too. If that sport ever becomes Olympic, I'm done. Cornhole. First of all. You ever, it, played, you ever played Cornhole? Of course. Okay. Let, let me just say something. I know you're a little younger than me. Not much, but enough. When I was growing up, that meant something totally different. Okay, we didn't talk about it. Okay, when it's mentioned now by young people today, I cover my eyes and turn my head like this because that's not something we like to it's talk a about. Show. Well, you know, in Wisconsin, they call it bags or bags with, with their accent. Yeah, yeah hey, you, you want to? Yeah, you want to play bags? Yeah, oh, that'd be betcha. great. I mean, it's damn near the the state sport. Yeah, up there. you betcha. We used to go from Milwaukee to Atlanta, and we yeah. went from yeah, you betcha to how's your mama and them. <laughs> anyway, so you didn't see any of I didn't see the women okay. play. Did I okay. saw a little bit of highlights. You okay. know? But I'm with you. You know, I don't like to look for bad golf, but when I see a professional golfer, be it man or woman, make a bad shot, it rings true with people like me. And, and, and I yeah. was at the U.S. Open last weekend, and we can talk about that. I do want to hear that recap. But yes. there, were, there was one or two bad shots that we witnessed because we weren't watching the TV. We could see everything. And guys would turn around and go, that's what I would do. Right. We've and done that. So it brings you to back to the everyman level. You know, it's, those guys do hit shots like that right. occasionally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very, very occasionally. Yeah. But, so, you know, it's, it's, when you talk about the, the women's game, yeah. right, and if we're going to promote the women's game, we can't end a golf tournament at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If if we talked about last week that the 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 guys who are who are getting famous on golf are the guys that show up on TV at five o'clock when the middle aged man is about to take a nap. Yeah, you know, and four o'clock. Why did why did it end? Why was it such did they have an to get early a tournament out in the afternoon? It was TV. U.S. Senior Open followed. I was going to say there had to be something. Oh. Else. Yeah, well, that's that's poor planning. Then yeah. you got two majors on at the same day. Well, I mean, yeah. I think unfortunately, if you want to be cleared on a major network, right, John? Yeah. You have to accept the, the pecking order of the as television yeah. determines. No doubt, oh, absolutely, it happens yes. all the time. So they did. With they, every did sport. A, they did a split T start mm-hmm. one and ten both days of the weekend because that's when the TV coverage window was. Okay, the early so then, window. then I go on there at four o'clock because I have I do a radio show, Buck. Um, oh, I listen. It's, it's on every day. JFK at seven a.m. on Saturday mornings, I'm up and listening. it's also a world famous podcast with Mr. Steve Zabin. And world I famous. said, I better know some of this stuff. So I right. go on to catch the final day. Okay. And it's over. It's over. <laughs> then I go on the internet yeah. to look for highlights, miserable highlights. You, you got on them. They were yeah. terrible. And so, and no recap, no articles. 
what are we doing here? Well, they did come out. Uh, you might have been a little bit on the front end of the write-ups from those who covered the event, right. in fairness. But, you know, it is what it is. The other big storyline from the event, Mr. Gould, this is where you come in as a certified rules official. The final group, Ms. Ms. Chung and Ms. Thompson were put on the clock because of slow play. Mm-hmm. And I guess they picked it up enough they didn't get hit with a penalty. Who knows the last time anyone on a pro tour has been hit with an actual stroke penalty for slow play, right? Yeah, someone at the Masters got it. Uh, yes, the teenager yeah, from China. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We're going to hit him with Low-hanging yeah. fruit. Right. Talk right. about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so they picked it up enough to not get penalized, but at the end of the day, they were fined $2,000 right. for slow play. And how long did it take them to play? Hold on. And some people said... I know that Justin Thomas went on Twitter to go, hey, you know, they're in the final group after all. I mean, come on. It is a major after all. And, you know, $2,000. My response was it should have been $20,000 because it was five hours and 45 minutes. After all, there's no one on the road. I should be able to go 160 miles an hour. There's no one out here. It's really simple. 545? Five? 545. Am I right about that number, Jungle? And And... Yes, it's 5.45. It's slow. Twosome. It's terrible. No, threesomes. Oh, was it threesome? So who cares? I, didn't, was, yeah. I didn't see the third in that highlight package. Yeah, they they were, must have been hitting in the woods all day long like an afternoon scramble. No. no and, Those and, ladies are very straight. Right. Lexi, Lexi took forever on, on all of her putts. It was, it was, you know, looking at it from 12 angles. And probably what led her to her putting problems is she was overthinking it for Paralysis certain. by analysis. analysis. And they all do yeah. that. They, that. That is a certainly – I mean, hey, the men's tour is not much better. But when they go to twosomes, they can disguise it. And, and you play in four hours and a half, which we think is terrible as a twosome, but it's way better, you know, when the, when the, tour, the men's tour is playing in four and a half hours. But, yeah, 545 is slow. And it was slow all week. They left. They left oh. three hours between when the morning and the afternoon waves on Thursday and Friday. Three hours between the last group of the morning and the first group of the afternoon. And what's typical? You, usually, it's about two and a half. I would think. Okay, yeah. so extra time, Correct. just in case. So that's a whole separate issue. The pace of play. I mean, I'm, Buck, I'm as militant on this as anything in golf, both recreationally and also on TV at the highest level, because we're living in a short attention span society. <laughs> right. And we don't have all that much more time to go. I mean, many of us. <laughs> Are you counting down the hours <laughs> and the days left well, As you get on older, Earth? you start thinking about these things. <laughs> I'm sure so you So you do. need to play fast. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the responses, and this is where it gets into a rules and an equity sort of discussion, Mr. Gould. The comments on social media following the Justin Thomas post were quite interesting, if not infuriating to me at times. Many people said, hey... They're leading the tournament. They've earned the right to be a little bit slow. And I said, okay, three problems with this. One is there's no such thing as earning the right to not play at a reasonable pace. Number two, they may have started the day leading, but who knows if somebody a group or two ahead would have taken the lead. They wouldn't have the same leeway. And the third thing is 545. Right. 545. Yeah. And that is a terrible way for, I mean, Justin comments on a lot of stuff, social media, so that's fun for us. But that, that is a terrible message to send that the, the leaders don't have all the rules apply to them. Some of them apply, 
but some of them don't. That's what he's saying. Because playing with undue delay is part of the rules. Right. Right. It's not just kind of a side thing. It's not an etiquette thing. It's part of the rules. Not to mention, it, what if you tied? What if you tied and you were in the group in front of him and you finished 45 minutes earlier? Right. You know, that's, that's crap, too. Because now you're just sitting there and sitting there yeah. and waiting yeah. and waiting Getting and rusty. waiting. What if you're in the final group? There's a front coming in. Wind's kicked up to 20, 25. Everyone's, you know, crashing and burning. Here we are in Washington, and I think tomorrow <laughs> when you get up and head out to work and head out to school. Yes, Bob Ryan. Is that what it would sound <laughs> that's, like? That's, that's correct. <laughs> and, and, and you decide as the final group to really slow walk it. So the rain comes, washes out the rest of the day. You get to wake up tomorrow morning, cool, calm, flat, wet morning greens, and finish your round when everyone in front of you got wiped out. If you're out of position, you should be penalized. Right. That's exactly why. Fines do nothing. Yeah. This is the thing we've talked about in, in many occasions, but in terms of this, all the rules apply to all the players all the time. So we don't say, oh, now that you're on 17 and you only have two holes left, we're going to stop applying the rules. Right. We don't say you're the last group, so we're going to stop applying the rules. Right. As a rules official, we want to apply the rules all the way through. If they're behind, so they have a policy that's probably similar to most associations. If you're behind time and if you're, behind, you're out of position to the group in front of you, you're subject to being timed. We time you individually. I'm sure Lexi took more than 45 seconds before one of her putts, and that's what incurred the the warning you know the right. tours do it differently because there's a financial component right the men's tour you never hear about it right the pj right. tour never releases that but they do get fined and they do get there's a certain accumulation you know yeah. if you have five of these you get some you know all that type of things uh, on the on the most most association levels like ours or the state golf associations you know first time is a is a warning second time's a one stroke penalty third time's two stroke penalty fourth time you're out dq but we've never gotten a step 2 in my recollection yeah, it's, uh, it's I've, we've so handed rare. out penalties, but yeah, usually if you get warned, you pick it up. Yeah. That's yeah. the point. I don't know. It's something that is a huge issue in golf that has been an issue for as long as I've played the game. We've all played the game. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Let's right. keep it moving. I think given unlimited time, tour pros might take six hours to play a competitive round. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they could. Wouldn't they fill it up with like, yeah. okay, I'm going to plumb bob from here. Yeah. I'm going to plumb bob from here. Yeah, they would so take their sweet time. you got to keep it moving. Isn't now, it funny when you play in a charity golf tournament, and you play in a lot, and I play in them all the time, <laughs> that when you're in a group and there's a group of guys in front of you, invariably people look at each other and say, God, these guys are slow. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's never you. Never yeah. you. It's always them. It's always them. The guys right. in front of you the are the slowest right. MFs on the, right. on the planet. And the guys right. behind you are saying the same thing about you. Right. 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 Happens right. every tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. How did congressional look to you on the grounds, Mr. Gould? I saw how it looked on TV, and opinions vary, but how did it look to you? It was pure. I mean, every blade of grass was, was perfect. What, what has really changed for those in the area who haven't been out to Congressional recently and may have seen it earlier is there's no trees on the property. There's Very no, few. There's no shade uh, in terms of that. Oh, yeah. But you can see six or eight holes at a time right. from out there. So especially on the back nine when you get up a little bit higher, uh, you, you have a tremendous view. I watched the Lexi go through her chip-chip over the green, all that stuff on 16 green from 17 green. I could see it. And wow. I watched the whole thing. That's a long yeah. way down. Yeah. So, yeah. but but you can, you can do that. You can see. I mean, you can see six holes from that from the backside. Right. So that was majestic. I think in terms of tournament play, 
uh, that was really cool because you could see so many holes. Um, you know, and, and how fast were the greens running? Because the greens, Buckhands, have been wildly recontoured out of Congressional. I mean, we were there, John Ronis, with mm-hmm. Andrew Green, who was the lead architect on it. He was very gracious to spend his time with us. We walked around two springs ago and, and checked it out. And I wondered at the time when we were walking around, how fast can they get these for tournament conditions? Because they are so wavy. How fast were they running? I don't, I don't know what the stimp meter was, but they were quick. I mean, and that's, you know, that leads to the slow play, too. You know, we're, we're right. three-footer. You, you still got to measure it and you got to check it because if you hit it, it goes five feet past. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, that's another part of tournament golf that when the greens get that fast, it, it does slow things What's down. What's the next big event there? The senior PGA in 2025. Okay, so there's three years between this. Correct. That, yep, okay. that's three. Uh, three years, and we'll see how the uh, 50 and over men handle the course and how it maybe fills in a bit, although they're not going to add any trees. They're not adding them back. No. They want it the way they got it. Uh, Ronis, what did you think of it on TV? You saw it up close with us, me, you, and Ronnie, with uh, Andrew. I think it's a spectacular facility, and I, I kind of like wide open spaces. And um, okay. Pete Went is a superintendent there, and he's the best, the best of the best. Right. And so I know it was in perfect condition. Um, I just texted Pete, and we'll see if he gets back to us on what the green speed. Oh, that's were. right, your friend Pete. But um, you know, I, I do wonder about what they could get the green speeds to because they're pretty new greens. You know, so they've been what they're about a year old. So, I'm so you don't want to get sure. them too fast. I don't know if they can. You know, it depends okay. on the firmness that they can get it so they can roll it. <laughs> he just wrote me back championship speed. <laughs> championship <laughs> speed. Ha! Ha! Championship <laughs> speed. Isn't that ha. the expression they use yeah. at Augusta? They don't yeah, release their actual stint meter number. That's right. While the greens are running at uh, tournament speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, fuck yeah, yeah, At tournament speed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know how to win. So, you know, I mean, when you, when you start to roll and cut and roll and cut and roll and cut to get the speed down, uh, you just have to be careful because they're, they're relatively new. But yeah. it looked like they're... You know, I wouldn't think there are 13 out there, but they were probably 11, 12. Of all of our courses in the area, because I always measure everything by RTJ with speeds and undulations. And if you're playing out there, obviously you're with a caddy, and you better listen to what they tell you when you putt, because they, you could be looking at the hole here, and they'll tell you to putt it up here. Yeah. And I wonder if uh, congressional is like that or if it's in a different category well the undulation that they put in there it was it is a lot of undulation from front to back it seems but the undulation they put in there is you you're gonna have to have those putts where you're hitting it sideways because there's a couple different tiers in some of the greens sections yeah yeah. and And, so and brows and ridges i mean it's almost like andrew made a seven thousand yard plus putting course yeah where you've got to get to the green and then the adventure begins and I'm not against the concept, but Buck, I love the old congressional so much. Yeah, that's my my. I guess my thought on how do I like the new congressional? My answer would be, um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm trying to get there. I like it, it better. I love the old one. Do you? You like it better? I like it better. I haven't been out there yet yeah. uh, and played it before with in the Feinstein tournament that he has for for Bruce Edwards. And they were taking the trees down then. So yeah. you could see them everywhere. They were yeah. everywhere. But from the people I've talked to, they've all said um, it's much different and it's, yeah. and it's, it's harder. It's going to get better. It's, they it said it's harder. harder. It's going to get better. All right. Coming up, we'll play a quick nine. Nine 
hypotheticals in the world of golf and see what the panel's answers are to that. We are plausibly live at Golfdom and Tyson's Corner for the Capital Golf Gang. Back after this. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. All right, we are back here. It is time for a quick nine with the panel. John Gould, the Middle Atlantic CEO, Middle Atlantic PGA CEO. Uh, John Ronis, Director of Golf at River Creek in Leesburg. And Steve Buckhans, longtime and now former play-by-play man for the Washington Wizards, former Channel 5 sports anchor, uh, currently doing various play-by-play assignments, including for your Beloved JMU Dukes. Yep. Yep. Nice. Okay. And an avid golfer himself. Okay. Here we go. Quick nine. Hole number one. Should I be trying to take divots on all my iron shots, John Ronas? No. You sure about that? (laughs) Nice, meaty. Are you sure about that? (laughs) Yeah. He's the pro. That's exactly what I was wondering. years of doing this nonsense. Uh, you know what, Dave? It's a very good question because uh, the agronomy has changed. Over my 30 years, the agronomy has changed pretty dramatically where you had a lot of sweepers in the 70s and 80s because the, the grass was a little bit thicker on the fairway, so you could sweep it a little sweepers bit more. Sweepers and pickers. And then we got into much more diggers, okay. and now we're actually getting back into – it's like tennis rackets. We're getting back into the middle. So okay. we had – Blades. We had little rackets, big giant Prince rackets, and now we're in the middle. You should disrupt the turf, but honestly, you should try your best to take as kind of small a divot as possible. It's okay. the best way to interact with the Talk, turf. Do you like taking a big old divot <laughs> when see, you hit the ball Do you properly? have a choice? Ronas <laughs> knows me, and you yeah. do too. This is why it's good to have someone like me on this panel, because... <laughs> I'm not in the category that you guys are in. And I play a lot, but I don't play well. So by saying that, I mean I don't normally take divots. If I take a divot, it's because I've hit the shot fat. It's a bad divot. Yeah, it's, a yeah. ba- it's not even There's a no divot. good divots in no. the buckhands. No, no. <laughs> it's what we call you hit it fat. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so when I take an iron shot, and you've played with me, Zabe. I don't use a lot of irons. Uh, I have these Wedgwoods, which and are... And the Ginty was in the bag years was, ago. Yeah, wooden right. club. Wood, wood Long club. Real wood club. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't... I, okay. I sweep it. Okay, and fair I enough. I would be in trouble well, if I tried to take it. Isn't divot. there something to... And, and I'm not sure about this, but the shorter irons, you're going to certainly be more divot inclined than you would be with the longer. Is that still kind of part of the deal or no? Yeah, well, it's primarily based upon ball position and then shaft lean that creates a more of a leading edge. Shaft lean, into it. yeah. yeah. I, I think it's all about, about shaft lean. Yeah. I think about shaft lean a lot. Vectors. Cool. How's your divot, how's your divot game lately? Uh, short irons. I, I, got, I, dig some, I probably digged a little too deep. But too deep? Yeah. I, don't know. I think a good meaty divot is one of life's great joys. <laughs> good. After good, a properly good. struck shot, I mean, Walking you know. With a caddy, and then, so they and have then to go picking get it. it up, figuring out the shape, and replacing it properly. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, like it's a jigsaw. But, yeah, puzzle. Exactly. you've got to carry it with the club. You gotta, that's oh, the you cool scoop thing it up. Yeah, like a club. spatula, like right. it's an omelet. Yeah. And you carry it back to the uh, hole you made, yeah. and then you just put it in there. And step on it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Is okay. that the best way to repair that, or is it always replace the stuff that's on? Always the replace those re- those if divots. You can. Those if you divots can. die all the time, don't they? No, always replace. I, I'm not saying don't replace them. I'm just saying <laughs> step on them hard. Okay. Bring up water. Okay. okay. Yeah. Hole number two, the LPGA Championship purse doubled in the last year from 4.5 to over nine million dollars. How did this happen? Why did this happen? And were they shorting the ladies what they could have paid them a year ago? Or is there a big new source of money coming in to do this? John Gould. Well, I, I think that's actually a reflection of what we're seeing a little bit on the live angle. That's part of it. Uh, the U.S. Open uh, raised their purse to $10 million. So that was the kind of the key contributing factor. The U.S. Women's Open, the USGA, and, and all the money they collect from their TV uh, coverages because they went to 10 million it's the same thing it's peer pressure right okay. we, we were the the PG, women's PGA was the second purse before when the USGA was 5 million and we were four and a half they went up to 10 we doubled to nine a lot of it was KPMG though the, the sponsor okay. uh, are they so new they, no they're not they've been six seven years okay. with the women's PGA all right well, I think they realized that the lead group was going to play for five hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> they needed to get paid giving, a nice wage. They're you more product. More, okay, more, more commercials. Yeah. Yes, correct. Okay. No, I, more I money. I mean, I, I, think no it's, I think it's great for the ladies. Um, I was wondering, though, well, that's a huge jump in one year. Not sure if there's any underpinning economics to it, but there is sort of a catching up in terms of equity, I suppose, yep. between the men and the women. Let's hope it can sustain. Because I know that a lot of other tour stops on the LPGA are struggling for sponsors and money. But yeah, they're not the run by the USGA. Yeah, a lot of the LPGA events are down by like a million and a half. That's, yeah. a, that's the kind of number where they We are. won't talk about that. Yeah. Four million maybe going to pensions for us PGA members. Oh, okay. Okay. We move along to hole number three. What is the single dumbest design element that is used by some architects in golf? Be it railroad ties or putting a tree in the middle of the fairway, split fairways, tiered greens. Pot bunkers. What? Yeah. What's the dumbest thing that you just go? What are you doing? The, the windmill always got me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's killer. not. Yeah, it's a you killer. don't like the windmill hole. Well, you got to aim to. You know, How about the clown's nose. The clown's mouth is always fun. Okay. Well, very similar to that. In all, all honesty, is a sand trap in the middle of a green. They have. Yeah. It. Well, there's only one of those. It's there's like a couple Riviera. of them, and it's yeah. just really? it's a joke. I mean, okay. it's so it's just such a joke. And I don't like. We talked about this before. I don't like a, a tuft of sand, a tuft of uh, grass, high grass, especially in the middle of a bunker. I don't like yeah, that yeah, either. The, yeah, the pompous grass that's yeah. decorative. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to say middle. something similar. Actually, the way, Four Streams, when it was built, it had that long grass uh, area right around the bunker you know, as a design element. And the problem was you could never figure out if your ball went in there or not because you can't tell if it's lost in the long grass yeah, or actually right. in the bunker. Yeah. Okay. Pain in the ass. I think after four or five years of that, they cut them down because they said this is not working. All right, yeah. Buck, take a stab at a serious, dumb design Well, I, I don't, you know, I, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I, I don't think it's a dumb design because it's historical, is Whiskey Creek. With the house, yeah, in the middle of the fairway, yeah. in the middle of the yeah. fairway on eighteen, correct? I 18. think it's eighteen, yeah. yeah. But Which, it doesn't come into play. You hit over it. Well, you hit well, over yeah, it. It comes right. into play for me, right? What well, do you have to shoot through the uh, the the <laughs> torn I did apart? That. Well, I, I played in the very first, the grand opening <laughs> of that golf course, and my ball ended up right in front of the doorway of the of the house. I had to chip through the house. <laughs> through the house? Yes, that's, that's a ridiculous. great shot. See, yeah. I think courses that keep and incorporate historic or notable structural elements of like 
dwellings or barns are kind of cool. Yeah. Like at Westfields, there's a graveyard on one of the holes. Free drop. Yeah, you know, right. On I number 13. Right. But yeah. I got to believe that the pub at the old course on 17 was built after the course, right? <laughs> Probably I believe so. That you yes. have to hit over. Okay. The hole hotel. number four. The hotel. Hole the number four. Whatever happened to mock neck golf shirts? Remember when Tiger wore those almost exclusively and then they started becoming smediums because he was working out so much? Yeah. Whatever happened to them? I don't even know if here at Golf Them they got any mock necks. Well, what do you wear when it's cool, when it's kind of cold and you need something like that? Don't I don't they? have any more short sleeve mock necks. Don't have them. Yeah, short sleeve mock necks. It's all about no. the quarter zip buck. I yeah. think. Do you I have th- any mock necks still? Old ones, but I don't usually wear them. Okay. Um, but yeah, same. I got old same. ones that I wear. My, I might wear layering underneath something. But. Yeah. Not okay. a short sleeve though. No, not short sleeve. Yeah. Would you, you wear a mock neck in the summer like Tiger used to? No. Yeah. They're okay. they're they're too hot. Room. Yes. They're right. Why, why would you have that? Yeah. So I guess that's just a thing that stopped being a thing, huh? I guess. Remember when Nike had the zip-up golf shirt? So instead of buttons. Zip-up mock neck, basically. <laughs> yeah, but it was, they had a zipper yeah. on your regular golf shirt, and I think they sold 12 units yeah. worldwide. Is there, is there anybody, really, this is a serious question besides me, that enjoys the old fabric more than the new? No, no, you're the only Cotton one. PK? Yeah. yeah. It depends on how heavy you want to have your shirt at the end of the day. True, except I don't – I really – when I, these shirts now that are made remind me of what my mother used to make me wear. It was like a Ray – some sort of – Yeah, yeah. Rayon? Rayon. Ray yeah. It felt horrible to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what these feel like so, to me. I'd much yeah. rather have like a thin cotton – Old cotton PK, PK. Yeah. High, high end. So you want to pay one hundred and ten dollars for a Bobby Jones cotton shirt that gets heavy as all get out in the summer. It does requires dry cleaning. Yeah, you wear it once. Well, it goes into the washer and dryer and it comes out literally three sizes smaller. No, no, <laughs> you don't put it in the dryer. No, no, you got to you take the dry cleaning. I hang on. It goes in my house. It goes in the dryer. The answer is simple. You know, you're the only one, Buck, that still likes the old school fabrics. All right, hole number five. Can you explain? Or have any respect for courses that put putting stakes with a little circle and not actual cups in the putting green? I don't think I've played one of those. In the practice putting green. Practice putting green. Oh, okay. I can understand because if you have a small putting green and you have to move those stakes all over the place, and if you start cutting holes and you're in August, you're going to have holes all over the place. I can understand it. I have no respect for it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think that's right. Yeah. It, it, it's certainly not something that I, I would want to practice on, but I see why. If it was a smaller green and you're constantly making new holes and replacing them, you're basically, especially in the summer months, going to have an entire putting green of old hole plugs, and you don't want that. How right? often do you have to move them? Every, every well, day. Depends partic- business, I mean, it yeah. depends how much. How it can't, much it can't be more than every two days, but every day. If the putting green is the color. size of this bay. You have about four different holes that you can put in there maximum, maybe three. So those people are going to destroy around that in one day. And then you have to change them. And then where do you change them to? And then the old cups and all the other so stuff. So we won't see any of these stakes at River Creek. Then. You will never no. see any of these Buck, stakes at River Creek. Buck, you've played at courses that have this. Yeah, well, it's... I yeah, have it's, too. Yeah, I mean... Whatever. And they're it's usually a, really I mean, high-end courses. It's not I, proper. No, I don't to, like it. I don't like to it. To channel it's, my it's, inner Ronis... Unacceptable. It's not fun. Unacceptable. Uh, if you can't have a big enough putting green to have actual holes, get out of the putting green business. Don't put anything on the putting green. 
let you just throw quarters around, right? Don't put those stakes up there. No, put a put a hot dog stand there. I don't Whatever. care. It's like playing frisbee golf. You can't handle putting greens, so get out of the business. Handle the truth. <laughs> Thank you. Hole number six. Would you rather have a post round beer that would cost you twenty extra minutes of time on your busy day, or twenty minutes more to warm up and skip the post round beer? I think the post-round beer is extremely important to what the legacy of the game is. It's friendship. It's four hours. It's learning about the people that you're playing with if they're just random people that you got Recapping paired up with. all the fun stuff that happened. That is, is something special happened during that round. You learn one more tidbit about those people that you're playing with. I think it's very important. Warm okay. up. Come on, Buck. We don't warm up. Well, <laughs> you don't warm up. And I, yeah. I don't warm up because it doesn't affect me any. Right. But what I would like to do, and I've talked about this before, I'm a great mat player. Like, I can really, I can hit yeah. off mats practicing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to take some of those out there with me. Right. Do they have tournaments where guys do no, that? But, you drop a mat? No, but if you play a course that's about to host a major tournament, they will yeah. force you. Great. Congressional did that, that for several weeks before. They, they were right. the so, little strips. Right, right. You just, you just need to go chasing tour events Majors. around a week <laughs> yeah. before, yeah. and you will be hitting off I mean, If I could take time. a mat out there with me, I'd okay. be a much better we drag, yeah. Come over to River Creek. We'll drag it behind the cart. Goal 20 <laughs> minutes before or after. The, the beer, no question. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, yeah. Rather, I'd rather spend that congregating with a group I just played with than, than working on my yeah. game or warming up. Normally, I'm, I, I'm always a, if I can get out of there, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm getting, you know, nice nice playing with you guys. I'm out of here. I'm a truck slammer. Yep. That's what I have been in the past. I'm changing my habits. And I will say, Buck, after we played River Creek, thank you, Mr. Ronas, I had the best after-round cocktail. We had a great time. With you and uh, our I, friend you know, who's a pilot. It was a builds runways. Right. And what's his name? You forget also? Yeah, we had him. We brought him along. Yeah. But it was a great time. It was, it was a great time. And, uh, so I'm becoming what, a convert. It was very happy to see you guys out there oh, was enjoying great. yourself. It was that great. was a nice atmosphere. It was a fabulous day. The weather yeah. was perfect. And then the after golf was yeah. really nice. And that's quite a, quite a nice That's a great right venue. Yeah. Okay. Hole number seven. If you brought old Tom Morris back to life, resurrected him, and gave him modern equipment, and a full summer to figure it out, how good would he be? Would he be just a good scratch handicap? Would he be a struggling tour pro? Would he be a PGA star? Or would he obliterate the all-time major record? He would obliterate the record. I just have to think he's the greatest golfer to ever walk the earth. I have no idea. That's why I hypothetical. I, I, I'd, I'd this is a great question. I have no Do you idea, need a few go, beers to consider this? I'm this is a good way. to know where he was born, I, what his upbringing was about, if he's hungry about <laughs> learning the game, if he wanted to get out of his house because he was turning the channel for his dad. So that's why he practiced golf in the garage. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I digress there? Yes, you did. These are the things that would make you hungry to become something that's great. Otherwise, he's old Tom Morris, the greatest it. golfer. Well, young Tommy was better, actually. Either one, they would get this modern equipment and say, oh, my God. They would figure it out and they'd, because they know how to swing the but club. I mean, you, couldn't, yeah. you know what I think the about- problem would be? The physical limitations. You know, the, the, the modern professional golfer is a super athlete and okay. the high swing speed and all that stuff. I think they'd be a great amateur in, in your scenario here. They'd hit it straight. They just wouldn't hit it long. And I think 
you know, they, they would, so that's, that's how, where they Plus, would people suffer. in general were smaller back then in stature. They, they played in suits. I mean, how far yeah. was they, they actually swinging? <laughs> uh, that's a right. good point. But right. that's an excellent point because it's not just the equipment. It's the way these guys work out Correct. now. I mean, they have personal right. trainers. They're working out day of matches. Craig Stadler's not playing anymore. No, no. Right. You look at McElroy when he came in. He was a little pudgy. Yeah. Yes, that's now right. Now look at Joey. him. He's, Old he, Tom he's Morris not, worked out. He carried sacks of coal <laughs> up to the fifth floor. Well, you're right. The furnace. <laughs> Come on. Man, like yeah. the Stooges. Hole number eight does teeing up on one side of the tee box versus the other side of the tee box really matter? Yeah, come. I think it's great. It definitely matters for a guy like me who slices the ball. Yeah, voodoo. These guys believe in golf voodoo. All right, yeah. I'm all ears. Tell me, it's all about angles. It's all yeah. about ball bearings these days. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, Quaker State. It's. It's. It's angles. I mean, if you if you work the ball in one direction or the other, and you can't do anything but it, then you have to tee off on the right side of the, on the tee box. If you're well, the, the the old saying is you tee off on the side of trouble and hit away from right. it, and you hit away from right. it. And then it comes. So if you're back bending it right, slight fading it, yeah. slicing it, whatever, you got to tee it up on the right side. I do it but, all the yeah. time. But the tee box is most times only about ten paces wide, uh-huh. most of the time. And then you look at if you were to look at a map of a golf hole. It's way bigger than that. You're talking about a tiny little difference for a much larger hole. I think. Yeah, but you break- I think psychologically it could matter. That's where it matters. Yeah. Well, so it matters to your eye. But geometrically, I don't think no, it that's, makes it. No, and that's where you're wrong. We okay, won't get into fair it. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right. We'll Set sort straight. That out later. We've resolved it. Roll. You're wrong. All right. Last hole. <laughs> hole number nine. A friend or wife or girlfriend or business associate says, you know what? You're pretty good. Would you mind giving me a quick lesson? I'm just learning the game now. Should you take them up on that? Oh, God. Um, well, this is a different question life. for you. Yeah, but, because but, but, but for us, I think el- for a very elemental reason, how to hold the club or maybe how to swing a putter, answer is yes. We want them to play. We want them to enjoy it. Grow the game. But as soon as it gets above that, talk to Mr. Ronis. Send him well, his As soon way. as it's at my house and I just want to sit down and relax – and someone says, can you help me with my slice in the yard? You're like, no, not uh, now. No, yeah. not on the clock. Yeah. No, no one's asking me, Zabe, for, <laughs> for pointers. It's not happening. Have you ever asked anybody when for we, a tip or two? Listen, this is great. We played a few weeks ago at Queenstown in the Mickey Steele tournament. In our foursome was Fl- Fluff Cowan. All right. So the entire day, he's reading our putts, and he was as gracious as he is. Such a wonderful Did you make more guy. putts? Maybe uh, it's possible, he but did. he's and I was not only asking him that because I had the, the journalistic curiosity came out in me. I'm asking him about the grain on the green, how to read it because I could never read the grain. I right. can't look at it and see where it's oh, going. Good. And I'm asking him, and he's telling me. All right, Great. It was fabulous. Coming up, final segment here on the Capital Golf Gang. We'll talk about the latest LIV news, defections, and a press conference that was rather chippy this week in Portland. Stay with us. You are listening to. The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. In a not-so-shocking turn of events, we have just learned during the break, Steve Buckhans does indeed own a double 
side. Listen, I have the most. You've shipper. seen my bag of of clubs. It's the most hideous mixture of things. Ronus has seen yeah, it. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, I had uh, this friend of ours, Terry Riley, who's a golf agent, uh, was over at my house not too long ago, and <clears throat> I have in my bag probably I don't know twenty clubs, maybe. And it's a it, It's a mixture of. These Wedgwood clubs. You've seen the Wedgwoods, which you, you carry twenty clubs. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty close. Yeah. And so you, these, you have no these, shame, I guess. No, I don't care. I mean, I'm just you know out there to have fun. And these and once these, carry fifty. Then. And the Wedgwoods are heavy. disgusting. You've seen them. They're a, a hybrid mixture of a. Have you ever seen these Wedgwoods? Well, we, like we don't have time to get in your yeah. bag. Yeah. I anyway, just so, find it so, funny. You've got. Do you play the double sided chip? I do. Okay. I do. It's not. Are you good it, with it? Yeah. You a maestro with it? Getting better at it. So Riley's kids were over there, and they and. I was showing him my bag, and he brought his kids in, and he said to him, "Don't look at it. Yeah. Don't, Don't look, look at it. Don't look at the bag. <laughs> Avert your it's, eyes. It's like it's, Medusa. It's like Medusa. <laughs> You'll turn to stone. It's like PTGD, post-traumatic <laughs> golf disorder. Oh my God! <laughs> you look at that. All bag. right, all right. The latest on the LIV tour. It's the first chance uh, because this event now in Portland's happening. Uh, by the time you listen to this show on WJFK. It'll almost be over, but uh, the new stars they signed, notably Pat Perez, Patrick Reed, and Brooks Kepka had a press conference on Tuesday that was very contentious, where they were pretty defiant, uh, and they kind of dealt with all the same questions as before. Matthew Wolf, who is, I believe, a Riley client, yeah, he is. Uh, has signed with uh, the LIV, and, you know, this momentum of signing players continues but the liv tour gets its second event this time in the states yeah thoughts? i mean you know i'm friends we're friends with terry yeah. right so we get we do get <clears throat> some inside scoop that we can't you know usually share right matthew wolf stinks so he's he's almost an idiot not to go take the money how can he stink he won a tour event as a rookie he was a star at oklahoma state he's was. got the there's a lot of was there. got he's the very it. interesting swing he's lo- he's he's just not good right now i'm not saying he never will be again right, right, but right now, now he stinks relative to a pga tour player yeah, you know i know say he, he had to take time off just to get his head straight right? right and and part of that is because of the lack of playing well but so for those guys that's fine but you lose pat perez who cares you lose Kepka and, and Patrick Reed. Who cares? You lose those guys. Kepka's Pat big. A, Pat Everyone hates just, Patrick Reed. He's yeah, got no fans. Kepka's, no one likes Kepka's Pat Perez a big either. One. Well, no. no. One likes Pat well, Perez. okay. Perez had a had a had the most cogent argument. He did. He was defense. the he was the one who finally admitted. I did this for the money. Oh, I'm, I'm 46 He's, years old. Yes. I'm not going to win very much. I want to I want to play less and make. You know, he didn't say make more, but make money for playing less. He got exactly what he was asking for. Yeah. Well, I'm glad someone stood up and said that. Because that yeah, that's been my argument. Well, he said, look, I'm, like you said, he said, I'm 46. I'm a 30 to 33 event a year guy. See, yeah. that's the thing. These stars, yeah. Kepkas, they're playing the minimum. Yeah, 15. The thing is 15 right. plus the majors. 30 to 33 events. And I just had a new child, and I've got a four-year-old as well. What am I doing? Yeah. So he, he saw the light on that. They also asked him about the, the Saudi thing, and he, they said, are you bothered by them being involved? He goes, no. And then there was dead silence, and they said, do you want to elaborate? And he was like, basically, no, which is a good answer. He doesn't, you don't owe them a dance on elaborating. I said that basically these players, if they're hit with this question over and over, should say, hey, as soon as the Saudis get out of owning Premier League teams and sponsoring F1 races and being involved with the DP Euro Tour – 
I'll be the one out of the pool once everyone else is out of the pool of Saudi money. Stop asking us to go get our towels and our robes first. But you, you got to take a look at who, who this tour is becoming. This tour is going to have a couple pops of some, some big-name players that they're going to pay. Yeah. But it's basically Pat Perez's. Yeah, it's has Or been. an amateur that's not proven themselves or an up-and-coming pro that hasn't proven themselves. Will they maybe get some stars eventually or, or homemade stars? I don't even think they'll get that. They might have some great players. Right. But they're not going to have homemade stars because the star comes from CBS – at 5 o'clock right. on Sunday right. afternoon. So that, that begs the question, where, where do we see this? Where, is it streaming? Is it on network television? Oh, where funny you should ask. It? I said, look, I'm a golf whore. I'll watch anything. I want to watch it. I go to the livegolf.com website. I should have been hit with right front and center. Portland event, course, time, field, network, or streaming, or here's how. I'm clicking, and I'm scrolling. And I'm looking. They should fire their IT people. Yeah. Like, I couldn't find out where could I see it. Well, the first event when they had in London, oh they didn't have goodness. a live leaderboard. I think there it's going to no be. They had the leaderboard. It looked like a NASCAR thing. Well, that's their thing. On the side. Yeah. That's and their thing, did yeah. Did anyone recognize the names? Yeah. No, because they used three letters. Yeah, it was, right. It was like first name, period, and then first three letters of the last name. It would be like S, period, CBE. I, I think that's because Who they want. <laughs> Who's the CBE guy? I, I think that's a Formula One thing. And right. I also it think is. they yeah. want people to invest themselves in knowing. Who these guys are, and then the up which top ain't two nobody to go, got time twelve for. to go, and I'm like, what? Right. What is going on here? Then I realize right. it's a shotgun. Yep. So, so for, uh, they're exhibition matches. That's yeah. a, that's what they. It's are. an exhibition tour that is going yeah. to, I think, self marginalize itself mm-hmm. pretty quickly because of how it's structured, and the world golf ranking points, which is a huge thing to get mm-hmm. into the majors is going to be a huge problem, not just because, John Gould, of the people that are on that board, including Monaghan yep. and the RNA uh, chief and everyone USGA, else. Yep. Yeah, It's because they actually have the rules written for what's an official world golf ranking event. And it requires a cut, except for in rare instances, to be a world golf event. It requires fields of 75 or more, mm-hmm. or it's not an official event. And there were several other things where you're going, these events don't check any of the boxes. So if you add a cut and you get your uh, live tour up to 75 plus, what do you got now? Yeah, it's not what they promised. All those, <laughs> all those people that said, I, right. I'm going to play less and make more. Yeah, Easy money, guaranteed money, no cut, contracts, let's go. So that will yeah. become a, sort of a self-tightening finger trap if they try to go that way. I don't know. I'll watch yeah. it just for the like. Oh, also. Um, See, I won't watch it. Me either. Okay. I won't watch well, first it. First of all, I'm not I'm streaming. A, I'm, I'm not going to search for it. I'm too much. I'm invested in the PGA <laughs> Tour. So I'm You're not a TV gonna... guy, huh, Gull? Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm not watching this on my phone. Come Correct. on, man. On your Correct. phone? I'm, I'm Golf on your phone? Yeah. It's like a grain of salt going across the phone. No, you just get it. You get it real <laughs> close. Ridiculous. Like, look, for, like this, Ronus? Ridiculous. It's, it's a big screen right there. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Come on now. All right, what else in the world of golf before we wrap it up today? Let's go around the horn here because I left an open spot for each one of you guys. Well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny. All right, uh, just uh, uh, at the uh, PGA professional level, locally it's a uh, state open uh, time frame, uh, you know, July. Uh, so the Maryland State Open is at Manor Country Club. Uh, Ooh, the nice. uh, Just played there two days ago in yeah, a tournament. Yeah, so that's uh, like – 
11th, 12th, 13th maybe. And then the uh, State Open of Virginia is the, the same week, the following weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so, so many of our pros and many of our really talented amateurs are playing in both of those events. So All right, look cool. forward to that. Buck Hans, final thoughts? Uh, got to go to the U.S. Open last weekend. How and, was it? It was fabulous. Um, our, my good friend Mike Lealu got – Tickets, he bought them like nine months ago for four of us. Paid for all of our hotel rooms. I mean, very generous guy. And we had a great time there. And then I met up with my friend Danny Frank, who's a local guy. Oh, yeah. You know, Danny works for Citibank, and he may have the best job in the world. It's ridiculous. He he takes high-end clients all over the world to the best sporting events there are, Masters, Super Bowls, U.S. Opens. And he had passes for us as well to their suite, which was overlooking 13. So I saw Fitzpatrick make the 50-foot putt and saw everybody. Plus, you got a view on the other side of the approach from the par 3 11th and then the tee box on 12. So it's just fantastic. And it was cold there. I mean, it was Saturday. It was 60 and 20-mile-an-hour winds. Sunday was like 57 and 25-mile-an-hour winds. Everybody was bundled up. But – what a fantastic place. I'd never been to Brookline, Beautiful. and it's uh, spectacular. I was, I was there for the Ryder Cup. Did you have the signature drink that they uh, did a feature on? No, I saw it. Saw Named after it. one of their bartenders. I forget yeah, we, his name. Uh, you know, you, Rodrigo or something like that. It, the Rodrigo. It was, just, uh, that? <laughs> it was a great crowd, and it was uh, just a pleasure and, a, and an honor to be able to see these guys up close like that. All yeah. right. Mr. Ronis? Look, just get out there and play. You know, it's hot this time of year, but that actually keeps some of the people off the golf course, and it's it's still a it's a great it keeps great, those of weak constitution well, no, who don't just, love the game. It's just off the course. I like I like freedom out on the golf course and fast play, but it's a great time to play. We go in for member guests now to uh, club championship season, so. Look, get out there and play and practice and have fun and enjoy your club. All right. Very good. Boys, great show this week, as always. Appreciate it for coming in. And uh, we will see you down the road, Mr. Buck Hans. See you soon. Godspeed to you. Thank you. Great to see you. All right, boys. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Get into Golf Tum for all your golfing needs. Equipment. Uh, balls, bags, shoes, naked lady tees. <laughs> Give me you know, six of apparel. Just those, right. Just don't of... ask for mock t sh- mock right. golf shirts. I That's think right. they're out of those. And thank God for that. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Fourth of July, and we will see you next time. Thank you.